Welcome to the Sensualchemy School podcast, where we explore grief, pleasure, and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we center the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask, within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive, and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper, and I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome, 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 dear ones. It is such a privilege to welcome you here to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Sensualchemy School podcast. Here we are together at the very beginning of what I hope to be a long and meaningful relationship between you, me, and the community that is the Sensualchemy School. And it's so interesting to me that we can perceive the podcasting space to be so full and even overflowing with countless different podcast offerings covering every single topic we can think of that I know when even after a couple of years of having the desire to create and host a podcast I was like, you know, is there even a point anymore? Will it just be lost? Will anyone want to listen? And I guess what continued to prompt me to just go for it, particularly over the last six months, has been that despite the gazillion number of podcasts out there, there seemed very few that speak to the inquiries that we'll be exploring here and specifically in the ways in which we'll be exploring them. And what I'm referring to is what Sensualchemy School is all about. How women experience both grief and pleasure. Why this matters, particularly now more than ever in the global cultural and political times we're in and how when we can understand the ways in which our social conditioning has impacted how we as human beings identifying as women have been trained to relate to our own bodies in the context of what we may have lost and what we desire. So you might be here because you're intrigued about the connection between grief and pleasure already, and you're the kind of person who naturally gravitates to that which lurks in the shadows. Or you might have stumbled across the podcast because you're seeking support as you navigate your own personal grief or alternatively, you're on a path to inviting more embodied pleasure into your life. And so you could be listening already captured by the possibilities of what I'm exploring or completely bamboozled at why I'd be talking about grief and pleasure together in one conversation. Well, buckle up my loves, because it's my intention that we get super real and dive into some concepts and ideas that might feel challenging, but hopefully illuminating and even inspiring 
regardless of what end of the grief and pleasure spectrum you're currently experiencing. Okay, so firstly, it's important to notice what happens in your felt experience when I say the words grief and pleasure. How do they land in your body? There might be an immediate response that triggers a sensation, a thought, words or images might flash up. But just simply notice what happens. There are endless different ways that your body may have given you feedback to these two words. The way in which you receive them will be impacted by a multitude of factors, right? So from your past history, all the way to how your day is currently unfolding, the events and interactions that you've had over the past 24 hours that are fresh in your mind and your nervous system mixed with the ingrained embodied responses that feel as though sometimes they even have ancient roots within you. And so what I invite you to get curious about is the deeper quality of your body's feedback. Are there any habitual reflexes or familiar textures? And I want to give you explicit permission to not invite these words in any further than your body is willing to receive them right now. I'm making the assumption that because you're here with me now, there's something in these concepts that call you. However, this is not a therapy session and I can't hold space for you like I normally would in my session. So I want you to go gently with yourself. And I know for me, there's always a number of different textures alive in my body that represent my grief and and different losses can feel different. A recent personal loss, a traumatic loss, a loss that happened, say, in my community or to someone else I care about, but that didn't impact me personally, a loss that occurred a long time ago and may even be felt as chronic in my system, a huge collective loss like a natural disaster or a tragedy or an unjust political or legal outcome. You know, there are so many different kinds of loss that lead to so many different felt experiences of grief. And this is something that we'll speak to a lot in this podcast. Now, I also want to check in with you about how your body received the word pleasure. And again, there is no right answer here. There is no perfect embodied response to pleasure, nor is there a wrong response. You know, the way our bodies interpret the word will likely again arouse a number of different sensations, thoughts, and feelings in you, and many of them possibly conflicting. And also, it's not unusual nor unexpected if the idea of pleasure 
also awakens a sense of grief in you. And for many women, myself included, there seems to be an inevitable coupling between the idea of feeling free to access and receive pleasure and the lived experience of pleasure involving some level of shame, violence, or simply a sense of a lack of accessibility or autonomy when it comes to pleasure. And my loves, if you can relate to the idea of pleasure almost being laced with some kind of poison, you know, I want to validate this because our systems register this as loss, as grief. And in my understanding where grief and pleasure appear on one hand to sit at either end of a spectrum of human experience, and for many women, you know, they're actually much more entwined than what we might first believe. So why is this link important to recognise right now particularly? Well, first and foremost, We live in a world terrified of feeling hard feelings, specifically in the Western world. You know, as a culture, we are absolutely crippled by grief in my experience. As grief is unquestionably one of the hardest feelings that a human can encounter, and thanks to existing in the digital age where You know, we're bombarded by unfathomable loss after unfathomable loss from every angle, living in a climate crisis, living in an era that continues to value the dollar over the earth and the Bible over human rights. We are all immersed in one hell of a toxic emotional landscape within our family units communities and the larger collective. I guess I should have warned you that Sensual Alchemy School is not the kind of podcast you visit when you want to bypass the real stuff and frolic in high vibes only. (laughs) And we will get to the pleasure piece a lot, actually, in this podcast. This is a super vital part of how we meet grief at the school and in the conversations we'll have on this podcast. But I, for one, think it's time to get real about the levels of grief we carry in our bodies and subsequently as a human race because it's dominating the ways we interact every single day. It also dominates the ways that our leaders lead and make decisions and express themselves which is a big part of what we're doing here at the school too. Feminine leadership, the kind of leadership that we are deeply missing, in my opinion, both in our homes and in our governments. And I'm mindful that in many spiritual wellness spaces, it's currently the cool thing to do to speak to this idea of feminine leadership. It's super trendy 
and sexy and feels empowering to many women. And sometimes it makes me also a bit vomity because the culty vibes in some new age spaces are pretty interesting around this idea. So we'll cover this far more in future episodes, but today I wanted to just briefly touch on how the school aligns to this idea of feminine leadership. Firstly, based on all I've shared so far, it won't be a surprise to you that I believe navigating an honest relationship with grief must be non-negotiable in the explorations of this kind of leadership. If it's to be at all different to the dominant patriarchal capitalist approach to leadership that we're familiar with. So what am I talking about here? I guess I'm speaking to embodied grief work as a fundamental leadership responsibility. One that as a culture, we are mostly illiterate in. From birth, I know as a white Australian, the skill of acknowledging, honouring, ritualising and integrating our experiences, my experiences of loss and transition is a major challenge and often in, in many different spaces completely ignored. And This, of course, excludes our Indigenous Aboriginal peoples who hold deep reverence for the ritualising and the marking of rites of passage and tending to ancestral connections as integral to moving through life as a human being. And as a white person who deeply craves an embodied sense of connection to the loss that lives inside me and the greater collective, This lack of attention and purposeful rejection of anything that holds a hint of vulnerability, which obviously being in an honest relationship with grief does, brings yet another layer of loss. A loss that comes from the dismissal and disenfranchisement of pain and grief. And that's just fucked up, right? (laughs) It's like loss after loss after loss because we don't know how to be in relationship with grief. So here we are, humans walking around with layers upon layers of loss already in our system simply because we're alive and this is what life is without any skills or invitation or even permission to become intimate with grief and allow it to add to our life meaningfully rather than oppress us even more as a society. We're in families and partnerships, navigating multiple relationships and roles, knowing that we crave deeper truth and intimacy, yet wondering why we just can't seem to get there. And the current leadership paradigm, of course, is made up with humans, mostly men or women um, forced to compete with men within leadership structures that have been created by men, not only cut off from their own personal grief, but having to attempt 
to show up and lead a public who are also cut off from, or in some cases drowning in their own grief and meet continually traumatic and challenging events, obviously make pivotal decisions and create policies, yet from this place of detachment and disembodiment from a core part of their humanity. So, okay, after laying down some of this context as I see it, I wanted to share with you three major reframes as we embark on the embodied grief and pleasure train together. Right. So the first one is this. Meeting our grief sets us free. Just let that land. This is a bold statement, but I genuinely believe that we are taught to fear grief much like we are taught to fear anything that may set us free and that meeting the fear we hold in our bodies towards being in honest relationship to our grief is fundamental. The interesting thing here is that the fear that many of us have of our grief swallowing us is worse than the actual communing with our felt experience of grief. Okay, the second reframe I want to share is that we don't heal grief. Heal, you know, grief is not something that we heal. And this is something that I see everywhere. It's, it's like, you know, this, this yearning to heal grief, to get past it, to fix it. But my loves, it is not a disease or an illness. It isn't something we can fix. It isn't something that ends. You know, when I, when I hear people speaking to healing grief, I'm frustrated because this idea of grief being an ailment that we can recover from, it simply perpetuates our culture's ignorance of life, of life force. What actually makes us know that we're alive? And grief and pleasure are two states that when we are in pure relationship with them, we are undeniably in the throes of life force energy. So we don't actually want to heal grief because to be human is to grieve. So not to grieve is actually to not experience aliveness. Right, so the Finally, the third reframe I have for you is this. Our sorrow is a seed of possibility within us. And here's the kicker. Whether or not we choose to acknowledge and honour it as such will determine whether it informs our personal and collective power 
or whether it will unconsciously dominate our lives in ways that have us desperately clutching for power over our pain. Let me say this another way. Grief exists within us simply because we are alive. And how we choose to be with or not be with our sorrow will inform our ability to access our own internal power source. Whether we feel disempowered by our lives or empowered to transmute our pain into possibility is down to how willing we are to consciously devote ourselves to the complexity and humanness of grief. So they're the three reframes. Just to kind of, I guess, uh, bring them to you in a nutshell, the first one was that meeting our grief actually sets us free. Instead of grief being something that traps us and keeps us feeling trapped, meeting our grief is actually the key to our inner freedom and collective freedom. The second reframe was that we don't heal grief, even though our culture really, really, really wants to, and we pathologize grief and we're always working to move through stages and, and recover, we don't heal it. And we don't want to heal it because our grief is never something that ends. Life is inevitably um, threaded, woven with grief experiences. And that is one enormous sign that we are alive and human. And so not to grieve is to not experience aliveness. And finally, the third reframe is that it doesn't actually matter whether or not we choose to acknowledge our, gr our grief as a seed of possibility, because even if we don't, our grief will still exist and it will unconsciously dominate our lives. But if we do, if we do honor our sorrow, then it can be completely um, transmuted. It can be a seed of possibility within us. It can allow us to move through the world differently if we, if we let it. So you're probably wondering if we shouldn't fear grief, if we can't heal grief, and if rejecting our grief also means rejecting our personal and collective power sources, then as women and creative feminine leaders, what do we actually do? How do we meet it? <laughs> and this is a question that we will absolutely be delving into together. Sensual Alchemy School of Embodied Grief and Pleasure was developed as a space for these very explorations based not only on my professional interest and learnings as a psychotherapist and feminine embodiment coach, but on many years now as a woman living in and through and with personally complex, at times acute and often chronic grief. Yet on my journey, I've naturally gravitated towards community support and training focused on somatic awareness 
sensual embodied dance and movement and pleasure-oriented trauma healing. And coming to know my grief in these contexts and spaces has illuminated for me the medicine that is available when we turn towards ourselves and our capacity to embody the full spectrum of human aliveness. So I hope you'll join me as I continue to challenge our society's perception of grief and pleasure, how we can turn towards ourselves and access the grief medicine available to us and the pseudo culture that we live in, starving for emotional depth and connection and how our creative feminine leadership depends on us choosing this path. In the meantime, I have a little thank you gift for you. If you're longing to sink into half an hour of gentle relaxation held in all your messy humanness, then I've created a beautiful embodied audio experience for you. It's called Beheld and Behold, and it's designed similar to a meditation, but to connect you to the wonders of your body instead of encouraging you to ascend beyond it. So you can access this delicious morsel at kateleeper.com slash beheld, one word, or find the link in the show notes. Oh, I'm so grateful for you being here. This is really um really special to be kicking off this very, very first season of the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. I cannot wait to connect with you next time. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.